0: Well hello and happy uh, Tuesday everybody. Welcome to another uh, broadcast by the Ayn Rand Center UK. Today we are joined once more by Rodney Schreiter. He is the editor of the Plymouth Current and in my view one of the most unique uh, observers and witnesses of popular culture today. You'll recall last time we discussed uh, the famous cartoonist Steve Ditko Um, And uh, today we'll be discussing Stanley Kubrick, in particular, his film Eyes Wide Shut, about which uh, Rodney has some particular thoughts. So welcome, Rodney, and thank you for joining us again.
1: Well, thank you, James. Uh, I've been an admirer of Kubrick's films for uh, at least 50 years. And the more I watch his films, the more I see and appreciate the craftsmanship and skill that he had in making them. And just as an aside, if anybody wants to read anything autobi or biographical about Kubrick, I don't know if it's Kubrick or Kubrick. Uh, but uh, it, all the biographical material I've seen just reminds me of Howard Rourke. In his approach to movies, it's the same as Howard Rourke's approach to, architecture that's all i'm going to say about that he only made yeah yes you had a uh, question
0: oh. i, I you, the thing about uh stanley kubrick is that his films are uh very frequently uh very visually told they're quiet they don't have a lot of talk and dialogue in some of them if we look back on like 2001 or the shining or even eyes wide shut even though there is very important dialogue going on there they tend to be visually and many of the great english film directors are that way They they will visually tell a story whether it's yeah. alfred hitchcock or david lean or, or ridley scott even but perhaps most distinctly Stanley Kubrick. He has this capacity to obviously give dramatic visuals, but tell the story through the dramatic visuals. And so a lot of objectivists, fans, I guess the way I'd introduce the subject is, a lot of fans of Ayn Rand, you know, I think we'll understand the excellence of, the I use the Aristotelian term, the arete of film is visual storytelling. Uh, if you don't want to tell the story visually, you may as well write it down, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But it also leaves people wondering what it means. And so a lot of objectivists who are looking for plot and plot theme, which are so, I mean, Ayn Rand wrote a theory of literature and drama in the Romantic Manifesto. And uh, so they look for plot and plot themes and they sometimes don't know what, 2001 meant it leaves the the many okay. of the audience um, not knowing what and I've heard that 10 times over with Eyes Wide Shut what the okay. heck was were they saying what does it mean could you tell okay. us what is okay. the what is the plot the plot theme of Eyes Wide Shut in
1: in my opinion in my opinion uh out of the 13 films that Kubrick made Eyes Wide Shut is the only one that has a story worthy of his craftsmanship, a story that's on the same level of his craftsmanship. And shortly after I first saw the movie, July 16th, 1999, I was the first one there, the first showing. Uh, I realized I could write a short book on why I thought this movie was a good, a great movie. And it would have been called uh, The Master's Masterpiece, subtitled Why Eyes Wide Shut is one of the most one of the greatest films ever made, and why you probably didn't like it. And one of the reasons that people do not like Kubrick's movies, I'm going to stick strictly to uh, EWS here, is that they move slowly in some instances, and 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 that's just and they want something a little peppier, a little snappier. That's okay. That's a legitimate personal preference. There are legitimate personal preferences in, you know, uh, liking or not liking something. And a good objectivist, two good objectivists are not going to necessarily agree that this work of art is fantastic or, you know, eh. <clears throat> So
0: That's really true. There is a variance. Um and I guess before we proceed, we should give a warning to viewers. If you've not seen the film Eyes Wide Shut, I've just asked for the plot, the plot theme. So there will be inevitable spoilers here. So if you don't want spoilers on this famous film, uh, 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 be just be aware that we're about to enter uh, and uh, uh, the full plot uh, and storyline. Uh, but uh, go on Rodney, uh, what right. do you think well, it really is saying?
1: If if I'm with a mixed group of, of uh, friends and some new people, and the new people ask me, they know I'm interested in movies. Oh, okay, well, what are some of your favorite movies? My friends, they'll all look at each other and nod. They know already, because if you hang around me more than a few minutes, I'm going to tell people that I think Eyes Wide Shut is really great. And it's not only because of the craftsmanship, it's because the story has a theme that I believe is relevant to all human life. And any functional human being, whether you're a ditch digger or a, I'm a computer programmer or anything in between, a philosopher, professor, um, someone who lays bricks, this theme is relevant to you every well, day of your life
0: it tells the story uh, t- uh, tom cruise plays a prominent new york physician and mm-hmm. it, it tells the story of his marriage which is going through a bumpy patch here and how he's drawn into the sort of dark underworld of sex clubs in um among the rich mm-hmm. uh, and so people wouldn't think that that's a positive uplifting or even universalizable story uh convince me that 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 it truly is
1: okay um now as i mentioned i was if i were with friends and and new people i'd tell them how how relevant this theme is and of course they say what is the theme and for all these years i would say i don't want to tell you And the reason is that if I just came out and blatantly tell someone what the theme is, they'd shrug and say, well, that's self-evident. I already knew that. It's obvious. Why, what, what's the big deal about it? And it's like, uh, Dr. Picoff had this course, Objectivism Through Induction. And by the way, James, thank you so much for, for promoting his work that's just what the world needs right now but dr peakoff's point was if you take any principle of objectivism and somebody just tells it to you you'd say okay i got it all right that's deductive but if you look at reality and the events that lead up to that principle and induce the principle It's like the the most wonderful aha experience, it's like you discovered it. So I would tell people, I don't wanna tell you what the theme is. You look at the movie, it takes about that much thinking, which is that much more than what most most movies require of the audience. And you don't have to be a PhD professor or any highfalutin uh, intellectual to understand the theme of the movie. Okay. I am
0: going to ask you what the theme of the movie is. <laughs> and, and
1: for the first time, for the first time in two decades, I am going to break my silence during this, during this session. I am going to tell eventually, I'm going to string you along a little bit but I'm going to tell you eventually what I believe this theme is. Okay. okay. Now you mentioned that Tom Cruise. is okay. The main character is Tom Cruise, is Dr. Bill and he gets involved in these, uh, like you said, a sex club and so forth. I think that's, that's a red herring. That's not what the movie's about. That's just, that's just trimming the main idea or the main focus of the movie is his wife, early on, tells him of a fantasy she had once. And she, not being the main character, she is a catalyst that sets Tom Cruise off on a mistaken way of thinking, a mistaken belief so as soon as in the bedroom scene where she tells him of her, her fantasy and he's upset by it, he gets a call from a patient or a patient's daughter. The patient died. He goes to the patient, and the daughter is very, of course, she's very distraught. Her father has died. And she commits, she commits the same mistaken. Uh, or the same mistake that Tom Cruise is about to make. What does she do? Do you remember? I don't. Okay. She's, she's crying and, and Tom Cruise is trying to console her. And then she kind of takes Tom Cruise's hands. And then she says, I love you. I love you. I love you. And he says, "Marion." we hardly know each other. So shortly after that, I'll leave it there. Shortly after that, you have one scene that really eloquently demonstrates the theme. Tom Cruise is walking on a sidewalk. He's visualizing this fantasy that his wife had, and he's getting very you know, you can tell he's getting uh, upset about it. He hits hits his hand like this, you know, like he wants to hit somebody.
0: Right.
1: He turns a corner. He sees a bunch of hooligans out for, you know, a drunk a drunken fun. And then the hooligans uh, purposely bump into Tom Cruise and knock him against a car. That, by the way, is the most violent scene in the movie. Uh, so but something be happened. The
0: scariest? No, not the scariest.
1: <laughs> so something something happened there. There was a pattern there. Right. Now, hold that thought. Okay. Any any questions so far? No. You
0: okay. you you described the movie quite well in detail. Okay.
1: There is another scene. That really super eloquently. If if you didn't catch it the first time, here you go again. Tom Cruise comes home, he sees his wife and daughter, and they're having a you know, they're doing some kind of a a lesson at the table. And sorry, she prior to that, she had some kind of a dream where she was being raped by hundreds and hundreds of men or something like that. And she was laughing and kind of enjoying it, but yeah. Yeah. So Tom Cruise comes home. He sees his wife and daughter. His wife looks up at him lovingly smiles and Tom Cruise smiles back a little bit perfunctorily. And in his mind, you can hear him thinking a description of all these, you know, this dream that his wife Alice had. So there, there it is. What's going on in these two scenes? Well, in the first one where he's walking along, he is visualizing this fantasy. He wants to take some kind of action on the basis of this fantasy. He's is allowing the fantasy to become real and over
0: his own mind, his wife with another guy, right?
1: He's allowing the fantasy to take on a reality, right? He wants to, he wants to hit something. He wants to hit someone, right? He turns the corner, sees the goofballs. They, you know, they bump into him. He doesn't go, it's not like he goes into a Kung Fu fight and kicks all their butts. No, he, he realizes they could have really hurt him if they wanted to. Right. So he was fantasizing. He allowed that to become real. He wanted to hit someone and then turned the corner and reality asserted itself. That's what real force is in the second scene no questions
0: oh i see so what you're saying is when he punches his own uh other hand in effect that's the the real impact he,
1: that's that's he wanted to he he wanted to actualize he, he it's like that really happened i want to do something about it but you know how many times have any of us thought some guy down the street's a big jerk. I'd like to beat the heck out of him, and, and you know that's the fantasy. But the reality is, you know, actual physical force—you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's something else. It's, it's reality. So this
0: was fantasy force against her fantasy, whereas in reality, the hooligans were real force.
1: Yes. Now let's let's go to the second scene. He's coming in. He sees. He sees the reality of his wife and daughter. They're there. She smiles and she her, her smile to him is genuine. It's loving and genuinely loving. And what does he allow him, himself? In? Instead, what occurs to him? He hears the voice of his wife telling of this dream where so many men were having sex with her. He allowed a fantasy to override. Interfere what, he, with that moment. what what he was, yes. In, in other words, look, you can you can look at a wife and daughter and then say, Wow, boy, I'm lucky. I I, I really appreciate them. You know, I really love them back. <laughs> right. Or he can think, oh, she had this dream where so many men were having sex with him, with her. I, I you know and he, he he kind of resents it. So, so it's he again, allowed,
0: like, it's again like punching his hand in effect, he's having a similar experience in his right.
1: So right. he so he allowed he allowed uh the fantasy to override reality. Do you need to do something?
0: No, no. It's okay. just all right. We do have a super chat from Daniel, I think, at this point. Uh okay. is it, is it appropriate oh, yeah. to interject at this point, Daniel.
2: Uh, Sure. We have a super chat from Jeff. Thank you so much. And also a super chat from John Woss. John Woss will also be one of the guests at the Daily Collective that will be starting right after this. John Woss.
0: Yeah, Miss Artist John Woss. He's joining the collective today, right after this program.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Rodney. Uh, Keep going.
1: All right. Um, So that is essentially the theme of Eyes Wide Shut. The choice to allow a fantasy to override reality, uh-huh. and that is what Marion did when she was mourning her father, and Doctor Bill was there to console her. She said, "I love you, Doctor Bill. I love you. I love you." And Doctor Bill said, "Marion, we hardly know each other. We we only we know, we only, know we only know each other." through your father, but she had some kind of a fantasy that she allowed to override reality. Now, if you watch the movie, there is example after example after example of this happening. And okay, I dismissed the the sex scene business. Well, when he goes into this secret society for the first time, you could consider, you know, everybody's everybody's uh, dressed up like a Frank Frazetta uh, painting, you know. <laughs> right. all, you know, all, well, the, all advanced, the women. All the women.
0: There's this sort right. of surreal, rich, top secret sex club, you know, yeah. that no, no one can I- reveal their identities. Um, you
1: could you could say that here is a bunch of people that are, you know, allowing you know fantasy to take over and and exactly. You know, they, 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 For whatever reason, we don't know. It could be they're they're bored with life or or whatever, and uh, they they have to uh, play these fantasy games. Now and then, then there's again, the,
0: the masks are almost symbolic of that. They've let the fantasy world take over from the reality, and the yeah. masks are almost that very symbol of the division.
1: That's that's a good way of putting it, James. Um, at one point. Uh, Dr. Bill visits, um, a costumer uh, and and it's a tall bearded guy that has a daughter that's fooling around with some guys. Um, the, the, okay. The costumer, can't remember, Millich, he, he gets very angry, you know, that his daughter's fooling around. And later there's the movie has like two parts, what I call the return parts where, Tom Cruise revisits different people. He brings back the mask that he borrowed or, or rented. And then Millich Milich is no is uh, okay with these guys fooling around with his daughter. So it's like, uh, you know, example after example of people that think the the fantasy, Okay, I can have unprotected sex, I can do this, I can do that. That's uh, with a bunch of unknown. Uh, and, and, and there aren't any <laughs> and there aren't any there aren't any uh, right. consequences, but right. the reality always asserts itself
0: right. sometimes
1: in very unpleasant ways. Right. So um all this danger, all this uh, secret society stuff, all right. I mean that adds to the you know the overblown uh, aspect of the movie, but I think. The basic, the basic conflict is Tom Cruise, you know, understanding that a fantasy fantasy is only a fantasy.
0: Right. Fantasy is fantasy and reality. And in the last scene, when she again sort of revisits that fantasy, Tom Cruise has an entirely different reaction. Uh, Is that what you're...
1: Well... There is some talk at the end? Are you thinking of the scene in the toy store?
0: Oh, I'm Where thinking even the, well, the toy store and then beyond, yeah. Well, so in, the toy, s- in the toy store, how does that work that out in your view?
1: In, in the toy store, Tom Cruise and his wife Alice Nicole Kidman uh, have a conversation, and uh, you know, there's a lot of things in there that don't really, I, I, I don't quite. I probably won't understand all of it myself, even after twenty some years, but uh one of the things that uh Tom Cruise says to nicole Kidman is uh, and and a dream is never just a dream, but the whole movie is about uh, a dream is just
0: a Difference dream between dreams and reality yeah, right
1: a, d- a dream is just a dream, a fantasy is just a fantasy, and don't let that override your reality.
0: She's still asserting. A dream is never just a dream.
1: Well, yeah, he said that. I think he but, said uh, that. Uh, but
0: yeah. That's still an assertion. Dreams matter. It's what we dream are, in effect, have some relevance psychologically, perhaps. Could but those, yeah. right, what's been pointed out so far, again and again, is the distinct difference. And don't right. let this this mental thing interfere with reality.
1: Right. And uh, uh, one one good thing about the movie and about the story is that dr bill is essentially a good character and it's demonstrated demonstrated and shown that he's a good character
0: oh again and again he seems again to be and, again.
1: Good- and so he is just making this one mistake brought on by this catalyst uh, her, his wife uh, her fantasy and so you don't have a very muddy mixed uh character here you have some it's like a controlled experiment where you have just this one item that you can focus on and see well he's going wrong in this sense so you can isolate it so i think it's i think it's very
0: so he's hard-driven. still hmm?
1: so even in the toy
0: store he's still in effect going with your the logic here he's still in effect confusing dreams with reality or he's seeing the relationship between
1: dreams. I and reality. I, I don't quite know all, all you know. Uh, I I don't quite know how to fit in all of what they're saying because some of it I think is, is were quotes from the original novel, and maybe he you know maybe some of that was just so poetic that Kubrick uh, included it anyway. Uh, but I think if you if you actually see the movie. And watch for exam, examples of where someone thinks they can. It, it's it's the old well. I can evade. You know, I, I can uh, just ignore this aspect of reality. There there are uh, ways that objectivism puts it. Uh, you know, uh, so I I can't remember You know, selectively looking at things and 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 not thinking of the consequences, but that. Look, if I said that to somebody, look, here's what the movie is about. It's uh, you should not uh, put fantasies above reality. I knew that. Uh, but okay. if you if you if you uh, see it inductively by looking at the movie, I think it's like, Wow. I I just
0: negative obsession with his with that. In other words, he couldn't separate separate out that it was just a fantasy of his wife's. And it's that inability to separate it out, which led him into this dark world of the sex club. And
1: and uh, and he was going to go ahead.
0: And by the as I say, practically the end of the, the thing is when they're back home and she's recapitulating the fantasy to him
1: it could be i'm not sure how to uh, i'd have to think about that but it does, that's the way the that, ending appears
0: to me she's back a, again, capitulating it but he has a different understanding
1: i i think that by the end of the movie he does he he does understand things better but when we're never see there's no galt speech in this movie there's no uh-huh. howard works uh, courtroom speech to explicitly explain all this but here's another example uh, Doctor Bill's, Doctor Bill's out in the uh, in the street. He's propositioned by a prostitute. Want to have a good time, and so he's kind of he kind of looks around. He kind of, I, you can tell he's never been with a prostitute. He doesn't know what the heck's going on. Right, and and which is rather charming. And,
0: right. and suggesting what a decent chap this guy generally yes. is. And yeah.
1: and uh, he, I I think it could be because he's it could be no evidence on this particular point but it could be he's thinking well look what my wife did well, I can do this so that's another that would be But that would
2: be theory.
0: reality with a prostitute that, his wife was just telling him about a dream
1: I know but that's that's the mistake that's that's the, the mistake and to, how,
0: to that the mental I guess, part, overcome I guess, reality right
1: i guess people have to introspect and and think you know I mean, does that happen to me? Do, do, do I do that? Do I ever find, I mean, even in little ways, do I find myself doing that during the day?
0: So it's about the tension between reality and fantasy and how sometimes our mental life can negatively interfere with actual life if we take that fantasy world too seriously. Would I, that be I, would would put,
2: I would say so.
0: Fascinating, Rodney. Do we have another super chat, Daniel?
2: We have a super sticker from Jonathan. Thank you so much. Uh, you. Robert, who has been a member for 15 months, says, lesson, although dreams leave us with emotions which linger, despite their unreality, it's foolish to let those feelings linger and impact our thinking. Would
0: that, very, that you know that very was much. a very, very tightly put formulation there. Would you agree with that as the yeah. theme?
1: Um, I don't know if that's the theme, but, uh... Yeah, it, it adds to it. It's, it it complements the theme very well, I think.
2: I see. Wow. And another, su- another super chat from Robert. He says, also, when the beautiful people do stupid things, don't let the beauty seduce you. Sex parties and narcotics aren't like fast food. Unhealthy, but harmless in moderation. They are more Russian roulette. Bottom line, reality always wins. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's also, that's also very good.
2: And that's an objectivist
0: way of framing the mm-hmm. uh, the, the, ver- the theme here. Fascinating. I had no idea that actually I would come to such a clear understanding of at least it's a question he's wrestling with. We can now see the thematic issue that that uh, the director is is trying to at least explore in different ways. Um, even if it doesn't come to a full do you would you say that it comes as you say there's no galt speech but would you say that the plot comes to a real resolution
1: i think uh i think in the past kubrick in interviews has said that um he he would like people to see his movies more than once so that you get a chance to think about them and maybe you know if you don't get it uh, after watching it once, some people just don't like how slow, how slowly it moves. Others didn't like the overblown sex like scenes.
0: Well, yeah the, yeah, the you know the yeah. sex scenes are either going to used to draw some people in or it right. turned it turned right. some other people off. And so some of some
1: some people see it once and they don't think that it added up to anything. And you know, it, it all depends on if you think about it afterwards Go do you ahead. think that,
0: well do you think that the director uh mr kubrick or kubrick however we pronounce it uh do you think that he's ha- that he's satisfied in leaving us with unresolved issues uh to think about such as t- 2001 is often uh you know space odyssey is often <laughs> described that way arthur c clark had his distinct motives with the book but in the film we're kind of left in a what do you think, audience? What do you think that the sky baby is, or whatever it is, so that you you were left sort of? You, is this a statement about abortion? Is this a statement about intelligent life? Is it a statement about God? You know, so people are going off in all these different. I, I'm, directions.
2: I'm sorry to cut you off, James, but we really need to wrap up. So okay, uh, I'm last, sorry. Last quick comment from Rodney if last, he wants to say. Um, really yeah,
1: goes. I guess I guess the final proof uh, of whether uh, I'm on the right track here is to see the movie with this in mind. And, uh, if, if, uh, you think that it, it has those elements in it, you'll find them. Uh,
0: very good so uh, at least a thought-provoking film for that people should go maybe check out and and uh, again uh, if they didn't understand it the first time or maybe check it out for the first time well thank you so much Rodney for joining us again Thanks, we James. Have more discussions of this kind and people do check out uh the Plymouth Current that he's the editor of I know I'm going to well, um and I'll
1: put, uh, I'll put a link on uh, on the uh, uh thank you sir
0: We really do have to sign off because momentarily now we have the new uh, feature, the Daily Collective. And today they will be joined by John Wass, the great artist. So have a great day, everyone. Great premises.